20 years ago, we were bitching. Bloody Dan Murphy's. You can't get anything good in Dan Murphy's. <laughs> and now people are going, this list is just filled with beers you can get in Dan Murphy's. You're going, uh, duh. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Brews News Week. My name is Matt Kirkegaard, host and founder of Australian Brews News. Well, founder of Australian Brews News and host of Brews News Week. I am once again joined by senior journalist Claire Burnett. Welcome back, Claire. Hey, Matt. And back by popular demand, yeah. <laughs> Brisbane resident Sabrina Kunz. Welcome back. Hey, Matt. Hey, Claire. <laughs> this is becoming habit for me initially. So much for our rotating panel of guests. You're, uh, you're <laughs> well. Why? Mess about with perfection, hey Matt? People are liking <laughs> the pasting I'm getting each week, so uh, I think it's, it's kind of like watching the uh, people being fed to the lions. Um, was uh, people are loving hearing me put in my place? Apparently, so anyway. <laughs> It um, swings in roundabouts, as we just said off air. Swing, I was just putting my place in yes. precisely the same way. <laughs> oh, so entertaining. Uh, anyway, uh, let, let's get on with the show because we probably are uh, a big week of news uh, led by the Hottest 100. So without any further ado, let's go to the Australian Brews News Desk or the Brews News Desk. News desk. Yep, we'll allow that. Claire Burnett. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Uh, so, obviously, unless you've been living under a rock, uh, Gab's Hottest 100 Aussie Craft Beers of 2021 were announced on the weekend. Um, if you didn't t- uh, tune into the podcast, Ben Spokes Crankshaft American IPA voted number one uh, this year. And then we had a few changes around the top. There has been a lot of discussion about the, the results. We're not really going to cover that here. If you think that Ben, uh, ben Spoke had another beer that should have been number one, you do you. Um, the results are in. We're not going to discuss that, but there was a lot of industry stuff to come out of it. We have uh, recorded a chat with Mike about um, a number of things, and we'll put that below the fold um, because that will probably spark a little bit of additional um, discussion. Uh, second story, uh, another big story, Coca-Cola to sell interest in the Australian beer company. They are indeed. So Coca-Cola Euro-Pacific Partners, they've obviously announced the end of last year, that they would be selling uh, Feral Brewing Co. Uh, but now they're also selling their interest in Australian Beer Co. to their joint venture partner, which is Casella Family Brands. So they've been in partnership since 2012. Coca-Cola sort of flagged that they were making an exit from the beer industry in Australia uh, with the proposed sale of Feral last year. So this is just another step in that strategy to, to move them out of the beer space. Um, so we'll see. We've not heard any news on the Feral front, but obviously this is an interesting move given that there's a number of beers, including Mighty Craft's Better Beer, that are brewed at Australian Beer Co. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that one goes. The IBA is bullish despite a tough year. This is so hard and I felt so rough um, writing this one. They've obviously had a tough time, as everyone in the industry has. But the Independent Brewers Association, their annual report, they released some really interesting and major successes uh, that they've sort of achieved despite the fact that this year has been insane. Uh, So Peter Phillip, the former chair, who obviously handed the reins over to uh, Young Henry's Richard Adamson, just middle of last year, um, said that it had been a roller coaster of a year, and this is for 2020 to 2021. Um, so revenue for the organisation declined uh, to just under $990,000 from $1.6 million in the previous year. As to be expected, uh, that will be from events and conferencing and 
everything that's been impacted by COVID during that period. Uh, but so many other successes in terms of uh, skills, doing lots of work with TAFEs in different uh, states, and loads of other successes that really sort of highlight the work that the IBA does over the year um, in advocacy, CDS schemes. So go and have a look, see what they've been up to. Excellent. And get involved in your association. Because as, as we've said before, you want an association no matter what, and you need to be in it to uh, be involved. The ATO extends beer repackaging concession. It does. So another welcome move here. Uh, the Australian Tax Office has extended its beer repackaging concession until April 2022. This is a Round about the third time it's extended these provisions. So prior to the pandemic, the ATO said it would issue fines um, of up to $23,100 if venues were selling beer through growlers or any other kind of repackaging method um, because they're required to have a manufacturing license. Um, Obviously, if you're a working brewery at the same time, you're probably all right. Um, But lots of venues ended up with um, kegs that they couldn't sell. uh, And this sort of prompted this move by the ATO, which now they've extended. Um, So yeah, as I say, welcome news for the industry. Uh, and finally, Nano Brewery Brew Mountains expands. Just a nice little. Uh... Oh, yeah, I really li- and you know I really like this one as well because we've discussed a lot about major brewers and bigger brewers in the past couple of weeks, and I kind of wanted to put the spotlight on a much smaller brewery, uh, which is the New South Wales Blue Mountains Brewery, uh, Brew Mountains. Um, so they've expanded uh, their capacity with a new brew kit. Um, they only opened their first tap room ever. Craig Talbot, who founded it, was brewing out of, as you might expect, a garage uh, and uh, then opened his first tap room uh, sort of middle of last year uh, and was really, really well supported by the local industry. He's been saving everything they'd make to sort of reinvest in the business. It's super, super small, so um, it'll only be quadrupling its output to 50,000 litres a year, just to give you an idea of size. Um, but just to see that success on a really um, a smaller scale was uh, fantastic to see. And uh, the one other news story that I'll throw above the fold, but we probably won't discuss fully, is BrewDog has been in the media um, this week. A lot of allegations uh, and and a a significant BBC documentary uh, about it. It's only, despite a lot of the media coverage of the documentary before it came out, the documentary has only just come out, we believe. We haven't had a chance to, to look into it, and the revelations for want of a better term that they are significant um but without having seen the documentary we probably can't really comment on it um at, at this stage in in any meaningful way um so we might note that in in, in the news for this week but uh we are looking at uh, doing some uh, deeper coverage uh, probably next week uh, including speaking to people on the ground in the uk about the the, the wash up um agreed cool. on that yep yep, yep. Beautiful. Okay. Well, that's that's the news for the week. That, that's the news that you need to know to function in the Australian <laughs> brewing world. If you'd like to stay around and hear what we think about the news <laughs> and hear me maybe put in my box um, once or <laughs> twice, um, that will be below the fold. But uh, otherwise, thank you very much for joining us and uh, we're below the fold. Gabs was our lead story. Let's go straight into it. A lot of discussion. We're not going to talk about what should have been the number one beer but we will talk about some of the big things about transparency, how breweries uh, get entered. And uh, so we've got Mike uh, Brayon, who is the uh, CEO of uh, Gabs. And uh, this is what we talked about with Mike. Mike Bray, welcome to Brews News Week. 
Matt, uh, great, to, uh, great to chat to you. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you, and thank you for letting us be involved. Have you recovered from the weekend? Is the uh, the, the, the big question? Is a huge oh, day on Saturday. It was it was massive, and it's so so good to see the uh, you know the, the coverage going out, um, the brewery celebrating their results, and mainstream media picking up uh, on the on the results of you know we've had some television coverage, radio coverage, and a, a huge amount of uh, print and digital coverage, which is just wonderful for the for the whole industry to to get that type of mainstream exposure. Well, we spent three hours saying how this is the biggest beer day in the year and it's great for everybody so we'll uh we we, we might go on to some of the feedback that we've had following and we don't want to talk about what should have won and you know that sort of thing now a lot of questions about number 101 to 200 and all of the sub lists that have traditionally you know we've had the big reveal of number one and then the sub uh lists have been published almost immediately uh i believe you're doing that tomorrow being friday yeah, we, we're publishing the the sub list tomorrow. Um, there's some really exciting exciting beers on on the uh, new beer list naturally, um, which I know is of, of huge excitement to to many. Um, and then one to two hundred, uh, one hundred to two hundred, and the independent list will will come out tomorrow. Why the delay this year? A little bit of. Um, change in in intact um and that's to you know so much goes into making the hottest 100 list and you know when you've got 2200 beers nominated receiving their share of love and voting um yeah we we really want the focus to be on on the kudos and the and uh the effort that goes into into making making that list as our our, our main and primary list um and then so giving some breath and air and acknowledgement to that wonderful achievement of of those breweries that uh, the 58 of them that's you know the record this year that made made it onto the list um, and then releasing the sub list and celebrating those in their own in their own right as well so they don't just get lost often we found the the sub list would just get get lost in the in the category so we you know we're actually going to uh, allow them their own time as well one of the suggestions that we saw was that it was also expanding the um PR footprint for, for for Gabs itself by uh, you know having a second lot of announceables you know after the the, the big reveal day. Yeah, correct. Nothing wrong with that. You know, you've nearly nearly fifty thousand people voting, wanting to know where they came, and you know, so yeah. it's. Uh, it's a huge amount of interest. But also for the breweries themselves, Mike, right, we know we just had a conversation, Matt just had a conversation about, you know, what is the number one pale ale in Victoria or, exactly. you know, breweries being able to find themselves within the overall results. So it gives them time to really figure that out. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it also gives the breweries, there's uh, on the new list, you know, we go 450 deep, you know, to yeah. get to the the hundred new beer, uh, beers, and there's <laughs> there's some really small breweries, okay. you know, yeah. on on that list that deserve, uh, you know, their 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 recognition and their time, and you know, so it, uh, I think it's uh, you know, without preempting it, um, it's going to be um, you know, a great celebration of of those breweries, a, a big change. So it'll nice to it'll be nice to also see the the infographics running, uh, you know, the number of breweries on each list and the states that those breweries fall on between between the two lists, etc. So there's some really good stats and data that we'll we'll release at the same time. Excellent. And, and I, I guess one of the selling points that you tell breweries about is the attention that you bring to craft beer and to them. So you know whilst this is about extending the media footprint, it's also for, you know, beneficial to the breweries who are going to get more attention for featuring in the list. 
Absolutely. And Max, if you have a look, you know, this year is the, the first year we've actually uh, moved to a standalone uh, Gabe's Hottest 100 website. And the breweries on that entered all 280 are exposed on that website for 12 months now. All the beers that they entered are available to view. And, and there's promotion and extension campaigns that we'll be running along with major retail partners and everybody throughout the year now. So, and it won't only be for the breweries on the list, it will be for all the breweries that participated. So, you know, it's a really great extension for, for the industry as, as such and for the Hardest 100. Okay, moving on to the next topic posted uh, on the weekend. So during yesterday's broadcast, it was openly discussed that the 1 to 5 voting system has some arbitrary weighting that was not publicly disclosed, obviously leaving the outcome subject to potential manipulation. Surely it is in an open betting market that information needs to be disclosed. Probity anyone. Any observations about that yeah so i mean there is there's a waiting system as i as i alluded to yep. um and when you come into the into the voting portal uh it's very clearly that you're prompted to vote for what was your favorite beer of 2021 um and then it's what was your second favorite what was your third favorite and so on and and the waiting works effectively from 100 percent down to 20 percent. so five to one five to one waiting and the thing we don't ask you to vote for you know in any random order your beers, we ask you very specifically to vote for what was your favourite beer and then what was, you know, down to second, third, fourth and fifth favourite uh, uh, beer on the list. But uh, d- does that create, it, when that's not revealed um, and, and there, there is money um, being placed on, on, on betting, does, is there a risk that, uh, that there can be questions raised about the probity of the, uh, of the voting system? No, I don't think in, in any way. I think, you know, and as I say, it's because it's clearly prompted as to, you know, as to what was your first favourite beer of the of the year, what was your second, what was your third, what was your fourth, what was your fifth. So, you know, there's, uh, it's, it's very clearly stipulated as to uh, what order you need to vote for your beers in. Yeah, so Mike, I guess what I'm hearing from you is it is weighted equally mm-hmm. according to your rank vote. So exactly. um, ones are given the same weighting, twos are given the same weighting and then and then you know the data does its thing um, and out come the results. So it, you know there's no mystery in that. That's really clear. Rank them yeah. one to five, weighted one to five and that's how the votes come out. That's exactly, yeah. exactly so that what is happens. pretty clear. And and yeah. the num the, the counting isn't done by Gabs. You've got external auditors essentially Doing the doing the counting. Yeah, we have a, it goes through an extremely rigorous uh, process to get out to where we do. Um, I'm not going to go into yeah. any more detail on on, <laughs> yeah. the, on the auditing process. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but it is a, a rigorous process, um, and you know, each year there are there are certain elements that we need to we need to address and we need to deal with, and, and we do that in a in a closed environment. Mm-hmm. Fair okay. enough. So one one of the, the the big questions is you know mountain culture, which is one of the hype um, exciting breweries. People couldn't vote for them that they they weren't on. How how does that work? If a brewery chooses not to list, how how does Gabs handle that? So we we go out to each brewery based on on nominations that we receive, and we ask them please to add those beers if they get back to us within a certain time frame to add the beers. Um, the the beers are added. We are going to be uh, readdressing that uh, process um, going into 2020, uh, 2022, um, whether, because there's a, a huge 
administrational demand, obviously, which ends up on our side as to being able to, to you know, go and add and, and think so we may just uh, take the process of if there's a nomination, automatically it uh, it gets added if we can verify that the beer was available at uh, in that year. So we may remove a step of going to the breweries to ask them to verify. So essentially, it's not a case of a brewery can opt out if they just don't want to participate? That's the way, that's the way that it will be. You know, a brewery can actually, you know, naturally opt out on not promoting their beers. But the, yeah. the whole thing of the spirit of this and where we, we look at it, this, this is a consumer, it's a people's choice, for, uh, you know, poll. And it's, it's about, you know, you going down to your local, having your favorite beer and you being passionate about that, that beer and being able to vote for it. Now, you know, that beer may, there was over 2,200 beers that got votes. So people, people love what they drink. It's a very personal choice. Uh, obviously, you know, some of it can be a little bit controversial because not everybody sees the same beer the same way. Um, but, you know, it's, we, we, we're trying not to deprive anybody of that, that opportunity to go, I really love that beer and I want to show that beer some love. And that's, that's my number one or my number five. As we know, towards the beginning of last year, um, there was a discussion around whether the breweries had won in the past that maybe are going to find it hard to stay at the top of the list, could remove themselves and be you know, given emer- emer- emeritus status or, you know, Hall of Fame status. Um, and uh, I, I, that's where I was trying to work out if breweries could uh, withdraw from it, how that those, those no, two things coincide. Yeah, that, that, that won't happen. And, and you see from uh, – so what we've uh, released now on the new site as well is the Champions. So you'll – we'll now – you know, we're celebrating the breweries that have uh, – have made number one over the last 14 years in their own their own space um, because they are true champions. You know, it's and I, I think what a lot of people tend to forget in the hype of the moment is a lot of beers have worked their way over years up the list. Mm. You know, Crankshaft didn't just come in yesterday and, and and go to number one. It's built, it's worked its way up the list. And the same has happened with Stone and Wood is, you know, it's 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 had uh, phenomenal results. It's, it's then taken a step down and then, you know, then come back and it's a great result. And we've got two beers in uh, the Beechworth Parallel and Little Creatures Parallel that have made the Hottest 100 list for ever since it started in 2008. I mean, that is just, you know, incredible you know, celebration in their own right. So it's when you've got over 2,000 and, and counting, you know, we're increasing every year, over 2,200 beers uh, nominated um, to to make it onto the list and to climb that list is, you know, it, it, it's a process. Gabs is a private business um, that you and your, your partners own, but the industry also feels a lot of ownership over it as well because it is such an integral part of their day. How how you know how how do you manage those I, I guess two competing elements about it? Oh, we don't see it as competing in any way. You know, we we see it is as a joint celebration of of the industry. You know, to have uh, the tap rooms flowing like they were on Saturday around the country. You know, so many uh, venues hosted hottest one hundred uh, parties that either didn't have beers nominated, so your your local pub, hotel type pub, um, and then uh, then breweries that that hadn't featured on the list in, in years. I knew they weren't potentially going to feature on the list, but there were bums on seats, the taps were flowing. It's just a great day of celebrating an all-inclusive celebration of, of beer. And I think the great thing about Gabs as, as you know, the Hottest 100 custodians, the Festival custodians, is we don't have any any third-party interests. We, we are for the growth of the industry and supporting craft breweries. That's, that's our, our key thing. If we can connect 
the brewery with the consumer. We we're doing what we need to. So it's it's that you know we we'll be our subscriber base will now go you know circa one hundred and fifty thousand post the Gabe's hottest one hundred. That's a lot of consumers we're talking to and being able to share the love of craft beer in in the Australian market with. Excellent. Well, Mike, congratulations on another huge uh, day of celebrating craft beer and uh, thanks for joining us to uh, put some of those questions to bed, hopefully. Well, we'll we'll wait and see what discussion comes (laughs) because there's always more discussion. (laughs) Super. Thanks, guys. Thanks for for having me. Hope you all have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Those questions were prompted by the Facebook group. So if you are a listener and you're not in the Facebook group, you don't have to be active all the time. Just jump on, like it, because... There, you know, most of the people there are lurking, um, but there is some of the best uh, discussion and conversation uh, going on. On, on you know, not just saying that because it's ours, but the conversation is genuinely illuminating. And those conversations with Mike are the sort of things that it prompts. So, what do we think? Uh, first of all, hottest one hundred um, wash up. We spent three hours discussing it on <laughs> Saturday. Is there more to say? Big winner, Stone and Wood. They didn't come number one, but they didn't fall nearly as far as you might have uh, thought. Not a loser as such, but the biggest question is when you see Bolter still up there so strongly, Pirate Life coming back. Yeah, making it um, back in a big way, actually, Pirate Life. Stone and Wood not falling as far as I probably would have tipped them to when you saw the the, the repercussions. Mm-hmm. As the Hottest 100 pole bleeds out of the craft beer bubble community that it started, which Mike is unashamedly driving. He wants this to be you know, a thing that takes beer out of the existing craft beer drinker into the mainstream. Does just that thing that I've zeroed in on show that the bigger the poll gets and the broader it gets, that independence just doesn't resonate outside of the the, the little craft beer community? I think you're right in the, like, you go about your everyday life and how often do you care about whether company or something a product that you buy is from a company that's independent i think to expect that from everybody all the time is a little bit intense i think if you ask them they say yes but who wants to research every purchasing decision you make well these are calls and look at the back and then google every single company that makes every single thing um in certain areas people will care (laughs) (laughs) if you've got unlimited time perhaps i don't know i like so upper level how, what did I think about it? I think it was a fabulous celebration of beer in Australia. I think it gets more people participating in the conversation with beer. Um, as Mike has alluded to, you know, he's got 150,000 people now participating in the conversation around the Hottest 100. Um, you did your interview with Bridge Road last week. Yep. And, you know, they were also at the at a brewery level talking about how do we reach consumers outside of the craft bubble. So th- what Gabs is doing is solving a problem mm-hmm. that small independent breweries want to solve. Mm. So, you know, let's, let's join those dots and not leap to voting. And then I think I said it on the, on the pod and I'd say I'd make two comments about the voting. I don't think we can underestimate how one to five ranked choice would bring – like Stone and Woods Pacific Ale might be someone's third or fourth beer because oh, yeah. they've been drinking it for a decade and it's nostalgic and it stays there. Or and it could be the number not, one because it's one that they always go to. But, yeah. but, but if it's their fourth or fifth beer, but it's lots of people's fourth or fifth beer, mm. that is going to 
you know, that, that is it. going to – so I, I think, you know, people really think of it as it's come in fourth or it's come in first or second or third. That means it's everybody's favourite beer. That's not how – the ranked choice voting yeah. works. So Lots I think of people know about it and will put it down as, as you say, a, in their choices, but down the end. And that's probably because they haven't heard of, they haven't tried. If you expand your audience, you're going to have people that don't know every single craft beer that's ever been made that and, year. And I think that's a, and I think to, to that point, you know, like we saw a lot of chat and this is my favourite beer and it didn't make it on the list or this is, and a lot of comment around the Dan Murphys and a lot of comment around – but actually I think it comes down to a basic accessibility. So if that beer is more available to more consumers, more consumers will think about it. Like when I sat down to do my five votes, I couldn't for the life of me remember all the beers that I'd consumed in 12 months to think about this is my absolute favourite beer. And I voted, and I'm sure some people voted, who were, who might – independence might matter to them I thought about the breweries that I wanted to support and then I thought about what are the beers my favorite beers that they make because when I approach this poll the way I personally thought about it is I want to support these breweries other people not naming any names Matt went these I can remember precisely my favorite beers from the (laughs) whole year and I'm going to rank according to my favorite beers which is also fine but that just amongst this little group shows the the difference in in the way each individual approaches the hottest 100 and so back like bringing it full circle to your point around does independence matter or not it matters clearly to some people and not so much to others but do we think overall the representation and, and you know mike alluded to the the remaining lists and and um, without foreshadowing the results which by the time people are listening to this pod the results will be imminent um you know, more small breweries coming in, you know, I said it a couple of times around 16,000 followers on Facebook for Capital and they got two in the top 10. Like, I don't think we can underestimate what a diverse spread the overall Hottest 100 had across our whole industry, across the whole country. Mm. So maybe independence matters to some people, less than it matters to others. I wasn't questioning independence, but just in terms of the results, what does it say, you know, about as, as, as the voting broadens? Yep. Does the which also creates a huge opportunity for the IBA to market independence to these people who are obviously interested enough in beer to vote in a beer competition, which again is awesome. It's so exciting that the footprint of Gabs is spreading, mm-hmm. but that also means that there is a new body of people that we can target to market to. Agreed. Um, you know about things like independence and it, 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 it's one of the you know you, you see the music you know the, the little indie band that suddenly becomes you know has a has a big hit and the cockroaches, <laughs> the cockroaches. <laughs> we were just discussing this Discuss. but yeah like it, it, it's one of those things that you see in every you know when you've got a small niche little thing that everyone loves for it suddenly becomes successful it tears at the fabric of our belief of, you know, it, do, did we love it because it was small? Do we love it because it's good? And, you know, when it's small, why doesn't everybody see the value in this thing that I love? And then suddenly when everyone sees the value of the thing that I love, we feel it's diminished a little <laughs> bit because it's basic, um, yep. you know. And <laughs> it, it's true? But it's, <laughs> this is something that craft beer um, lovers and – there is something about anyone who's passionate about anything. Um, 
to some extent, you get your identity from it. Um, and, and you see it from the, the craft beer groups. You see it from, you know, everything. You get a little bit of your identity from people who are part of your community or your tribe or whatever. And But you, I think about that, like, um, I mean, if you think about the Triple J's Hottest 100, it started very, you know, mm. much more niche, right? It started very much, it was just Triple J listeners that voted to for the Hottest 100. And now clearly based on the results, you'd suggest that more people vote in the Triple J Hottest 100 than daily listen to Hottest One. Triple J, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's become iconic. It's become absolutely synonymous mm-hmm. with this type of um, – it, it's become part of the zeitgeist of this type of um, time of year. Um, and so um, – but what that's done overall, I'm sure, and I, I – couldn't tell you, but the reinvestment, the advertising and marketing and the kudos that Triple J gets from that day, I'm sure allows it to put funds into and support activities for independent Australian music. And that is the way, I mean, you know, we've got the IBA discussion, but, you know, finding ways to fund small (laughs) independent Australian activity is really difficult. Mm. And so, um, you know, Gab's put a lot of their own marketing and promotional dollars into promoting the brewing industry in Australia. Yes, they're expanding their, you know, subscriber-based people that will attend the festivals, but that is good for all the small local breweries that make it to um, their container bars, you know, to people who now go, well, actually, um, I only voted to the top five, I know them, but, you know, number um, 10 to 20 sound really good. I'm going to search them out. I might not have known that before. Now I know who they are. So I, I, I was thinking about that because 20 years ago, we were bitching. Bloody Dan Murphy's. You can't get anything good in Dan Murphy's. <laughs> and now people are going, this list is just filled with beers you can get in Dan Murphy's. You're going, uh, it's, it's, and, and, you know, if, if, yeah. if 20 years ago, mainstream media doesn't cover beer. Why don't you get – and suddenly mainstream media is covering beer and taking it to a mainstream audience, and that fundamentally changes the industry, you know. Um, but careful what you wish for because we've got it. And uh, the, 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 the thing I'm going to um, bring that back to, did any private label beers for you know, any Pinnacle brand beers or you know, any of the Coles and Woolies beers make the list? I'd, we'd need to ask Mark whether, uh, Mike whether they were – eligible whether they could be entered because yeah. you know it was a Zythos beer mm-hmm. um, or you know a steam rail beer yeah. were, were they eligible because they're craft beers mm-hmm. and you'd think that if this was just a Dan Murphy's list that Dan Murphy's would be stuffing the va- yeah. um, ballot box with its own home Is brand it? beers but it's actually I mean it comes back to and I don't want to go into a whole, I know I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here but it comes <laughs> into the that's whole that's what we're thinking of renaming the podcast <laughs> um so, you know, if you talk to large breweries, um, so, you know, excluding what's happened here with Coca-Cola, the reason that um, Lion and CUB have been so supportive of craft, the movement, is because actually more people being interested in beer results in more people spending money in the category of beer overall, mm-hmm. regardless of whether it would be defined as craft or not. It's yep. why they are acquiring craft brands or independent. And so... Um, you know, for Dan Murphy's or BWS or any of the large um, suppliers, having people interested in the category of beer, whether it helps their own product anyway, and mm-hmm. actually if they started dominating it, it would probably um, really remove the allure that they were 
supportive of smaller brands. And so I actually think it's in their interests to stay right out of it and to let the Hottest 100 promote all of these beers. That because they pr- it's not like they're out of it completely if exactly. they've got their, craft, exactly. their own craft rounds yeah. in it. They're exactly. in it, but like... There's a distance. Well, when somebody walks into a Dan Murphy's and goes, I saw the hottest 100, I'm going to buy these. Oh, shit, that one's really cheap. I might take those home as well. You know, the retailers are not going to miss out by not promoting their own Mm -hmm. name. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, but but, but if it was purely the the, the way that some of the commentary on social media is that Mm -hmm. this is just a Dan Murphy's poll, why why wouldn't they be promoting, why wouldn't they be trying to get their own beer um, to number one. Well, I'm sure they could try. Well, they've got the biggest. Re- they're the biggest retailer. They like. If oh, they I also could, would they, they rank? Because nobody would really rank that. Surely would they? Would they? So people are buying it. People are yeah, buying it. Yeah, but there's a difference between buying it because it's cheap okay, and buying it I, I, and picking it. I, as your I, I take your point about. It, but, yeah. but when the irrational mindset of people in Facebook groups is that this is just the Dan Murphy's poll and Dan Murphy's are rigging it, so the beers that they sell. If they really wanted to rig yeah. it and they had that sort of power, mm. they would have, um, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, codes where you, you know vote for us and a and, and a brand and things like. And, and they, they've got the trying, massive reach to do you're it. You're trying to support the fact that it's an independent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying I, I'm by saying presenting it yeah. counterfactual. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. thank you. Now we understand what's going. Sorry. On. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> this is why we keep you. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyone want to say anything else about Gabs? Um, I think between Mike and us, uh, you know, we, we've given a pretty good shake. I think we have. Now, if you were a winning beer, um, <laughs> yes, I in the hottest one hundred, and you Go wanted on. to tell people mm-hmm. that you were the third best beer in Australia, yeah. but you'd already had your beer, in, you know, <sighs> packaging done. Shrink sleeve map. Only way. But where do you get that done? I don't have a shrink-sleeving machine. Ooh, there might be an option. There might. And that would be <laughs> Rowling's label stickers and packaging. Uh, they're not only able to supply the labels for your cans and print them really, really quickly, but they can supply printed uh, and blank cartons, can trays, tap decals, barcodes, and shrink sleeves applied to empty beer cans ready for filling. The guys often get asked where your brewery would buy a shrink-sleeving machine so you could use them, but you don't need to. They've got that bit of kit themselves. The cans come to your door palletised and ready to fill, nothing more to do. Give them a call on 1300 852 235 to discuss further. Yay! Nicely done. That's very good. Coca-Cola. No surprises yes. there that they're going to sell, you know, when they botched the feral sale by selling the brew pub off beforehand <gasps> and they said... Still can't get my head around oh, that. What is Casella going to do? You know, Casella... Can I just ask some really stupid yeah. questions? Because mm-hmm. I can't figure out. So in my height, I tried to draw the structure. Mm-hmm. So it goes Coca-Cola and Casilla own. Pacific uh, Beverages. Pacific, but not Australian Beverages. Oh, Australian, yeah, yeah, sorry, Australian yes, sorry, Beer Co. So Pacific, that's their yeah, joint Australian venture. Co, yes. yeah. So um, Coca-Cola Europe Pacific Partners are selling back the other half or whatever yep. the percentage to was. Casella. So Australian mm-hmm. Beer Co. exists now as a separate entity. But Feral was in the Coca-Cola portfolio yes. separate from the Casella yes. yep. thing. So all it's saying is that Coca-Cola is divesting all of these different parts of its beer thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, Casella Family Brands, they're going to continue to own and operate Australian Beer Co. Mm. We presume so, although... Right. Which they don't really have. They've, they've had really a couple of expertise. cracks. They tried to bring a yellow tail yeah, beer out yellow a couple of years beer. ago. They had Arvo. Because I looked at their website and, I mean, they don't talk about beer at all. Like, you no. can't no. find... Exactly. The reason why they brought in 
another person Coca-Cola is because they didn't have any experience in beer. Well, because they had to. And they had to. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, any (laughs) of of the listeners, because I haven't researched this. Um, But the the, the backstory is, I actually spoke to James Atkinson uh, on his podcast about this. And uh, there was a group, back when breweries used to fly beer journalists around, because there were so few of us (laughs) for for Mills, we were all invited down to Griffith, um, to Yenda, to see the brewery. And it was this amazing, amazing brewery. So... The Casella family launched Yellowtail, yep. um, which is the wine, the first yep. of the critter wines into America. Yep. Exploded. They spent, you know, they could not keep up with demand. Yep. And this was when the Australian dollar was on par or slightly higher than the US dollar. Yep. Go figure. Um, at the GFC. So they had this pathway into the US. Um, craft beer was starting. They started to build a brewery. And I think from memory, you know, they ended up blowing their budget you know, by at least a hundred, you know, it's a tw- huge, twice. huge, shiny, or it wasn't their the day. pilot Massive brewery thing. has a pasteurizer. Like it's, right. it's just one of the you know best breweries in in, in the country. Yeah. And you know, they, there was a lot of nervous laughter when they launched at, at this launch, talking about how much more that they'd spent than they wanted to, and <laughs> things like that. Because, but you know, we never wanted to be in the position that we were with our yellowtail wines of not being able to make enough, and you know, not being able to increase when this is going to be the success that we all know it is. Yeah. And it just wasn't. So I, I th- they, they've never admitted this, but when you look at the way that the business was structured, the beers that they were making... And they're just and- making exclusively contract branded beers so they're making beer on behalf of others they've never produced oh, no, a no 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 they, they, they did they so did. so so so, yep. so casella so okay so so you've got the yenda um, brewery so the yep. casella brand the facility yeah pacific beer company or you know, pacific beverages which used to be a partnership between coca-cola and sab miller mm-hmm. oh that's why the non compete right okay yeah, sorry so yep. so um, so they had a, a partnership um, back in the day that had the new car, the, uh, the Warnervale Brewery. They bought Blue Tongue um, right. brand. It was 125. They built a $125 million brewery. SAB Miller ended up buying CUB mm-hmm. from, uh, well, when CUB yeah, went on the market after they divested their wine in South Corp and everything like that, SAB Miller bought it. As part of the settlement with Coca-Cola, um, SAB Miller got all of the Australian beer brands. Coca-Cola got Fiji beverages they got some of the soft drink brands i think the cascade brands and mm-hmm. things like that um but as part of that for two or three two years coca-cola couldn't operate in the alcohol um business in australia but they had fiji so they tried to i think they tried to import um vonu and fiji bitter and things into into australia um but at the end of that two-year non-compete they could either Buy a you know partner with a brewery or in anything, and hit the ground running. Or they had to build a new brewery because at that stage they wanted to be in in the industry. So their clever little idea was to approach Casella mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, how about we give you?" And the the, the media article at the time uh, was I think a forty eight million dollar loan. The the the, the number mm. that was touted when Casella launched was. Six, it was $65 million for the brewery um, at the time. So they've paid $48 million for a half share of a $65 million. Mm. So, this so, is, so this is 2012. So they've bought 2012. a half share of a facility but not necessarily any no. brands associated no. with it. No, so Casella right. still had their brands. Mm. 
Coca-Cola had their brands. Um, so that was the thing. Coca-Cola was yep. going into the market. So Coca-Cola started doing some contract brewing, for, yep. you, know, you know, partnerships overseas. And yep. that was when they bought, you know, Feral and things. But Casella had Arvo. They tried to do Yellowtail. But the Casella brands had never gone anywhere. So oh. that's why this is so messy and mm-hmm. interesting and awkward. So sitting on Casella land in Yenda, which – no one goes to Yenda. Why'd they call it Yenda? Because no one goes to Yenda and goes, oh, gee, I want to take you know, Noosa Brewing. Brewing. People want a beer from Noosa. Yeah. Yeah. People want a beer from Byron Bay. <laughs> they don't want a beer from Yenda. They called it Yenda <laughs> beer. The, the, the sort of people that are going to go to Yenda are going to buy spoons with Yenda on or tea towels with Yenda on. <laughs> don't be mean. Um, I would go to a small country town if it was putting out amazing beer. I go to Crap. No, okay. that's and, crap. Uh, you're, no, you're, you're making yen, amazing yen, beer. It's not the same exactly sort of, yeah. a craft beer no. either. It's a anyway. huge facility. Okay, that's so, the point. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. There, so they'd bought into a facility. So Coke had access on day one of their non-compete ending. So it was initially a loan because they couldn't buy into it because that would have breached their non-compete. So they gave them a loan. But that meant that day one, however that converted, and it's never actually been um, you know, publicly announced, suddenly Coke had beer producing that they've just never managed to crack they've never managed to you know crack a brand they're a a business that you you if, if you're a cafe you buy post mix you buy the crappy brands that they were making you know, they the so they're now sitting on arguably really good kit that would be good for lots of yes. expanding brands in mm-hmm. australia yes um and they're sitting on feral that was. Well, no, they're not selling on because I've announced that they're going to sell. So that's not a Casella. That was never part of the Casella stable. So Casella is so selling. What, what Claire was saying is Casella are not haven't announced, have to, made no comment about what's happening with the facility itself mm-hmm. or with feral. So, they, so they're it's up for sale, not been sold yet. Yeah, and okay. you'd imagine that again, it's another one of those. You know, buy Channel Nine from Alan or sell Channel Nine to Alan Bond yeah. and buy it back at a fraction of the price. So yeah. if. The $65 million figure that was mooted when Casella launched was accurate and they weren't just, you know, even being shy about how much they'd actually <laughs> spent. And the $40-odd million that Coke then bought into it, they did pretty well out of it um, at, at the time. And if they're buying it back for less, they've basically leveraged out, you know, gotten back the margin and, that they overpaid for the brewery in the first place. Because, I mean, I was just looking at... This is all speculation. I need to say, like, it's because... Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at, you know, distribution channels and things, but presumably Casella Brands has got all of that pretty lined up because of its wine, right? So it's not like if you started making beer there. If some large producer in Australia wanted to make its beer out of, contract its beer out of that facility. Well, I can tell you one that is. Better beer. Stonewood. Better beer. Better beer. Yep. That, so, that, that, that was where Stonewood, so so you've got this $65 oh, million, yeah, million litre brewery that's meant yeah. to be branded, um, is suddenly a contract facility. So we have, you know, um, Tribe, which was a major con in, in uh, New England. We've got Brick Lane in, yep. in Melbourne. And suddenly we've got a third major contract brewing uh, manufacturer in, in the country. Um, to some extent, huge. they've been doing it already. And some of the speculation around the time, and again, speculation, industry gossip, um, can't really source it, but... When Stone and Wood was talking about IPO or things like that, but never saying that we're going to sell to a non-independent, when there was private equity sniffing around, one of the versions that I heard was that private equity was interested in buying Stone and Wood for near what Lion did, but they didn't want to commit to the $50 million brewery that Stone and Wood 
was demanding mm-hmm. as, as part of the deal. And in the location that they wanted. In Wollumbar, because mm-hmm. they said, well, we could go buy, you know, a yeah. ready-made a one. ready-made brewery <laughs> yeah. that um, has has the capacity, and you're already having a beer made there. So it's definitely one to watch in terms of you know because there's this whole conversation about brew brewing brewers versus brewing brands and yep. people who contract and you know some people contract because they're growing faster than they can get kit in or they've got facilities that are maxed out in terms of space, but then you've got others that launch as a contract only brand. So, it, you know, it could be really interesting to see what that means for either the growth of some existing brands or the launch of new brands in terms of available mm-hmm. kit in yep. given how hard it is to build a brewery the right challenge now. Is yes. like, yeah, the the yes, challenge is it. it's on Casella land. Like that's the thing. So do you, would you then lease a facility that's, you know, owned by Casella? Um, you know, if you've got a hundred-year yeah, lease, you might. Pe- pe- mm. People can sort of make that. You know, you, can, you yeah. can make that work. But you know, that's where suddenly, you know, again, it shows that Coke, you know, from an outsider's perspective, completely ballsed up their beer. huge oh. launch into beer. Yeah, utterly, um, utterly ballsed yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, even just looking at the feral stuff, you know, yeah. they really, um, they were not good custodians. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our nice favourite. There's a new bingo word. <laughs> so uh, okay, so that's that's Coca Cola. We'll we'll wait and see. Um, you know, will Casella try and revamp their beer yeah. offering, which uh, they, 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 they they seem to or say contract or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, IBA, not really any much more to, to no. say about that. Just look, support them. You know, you yeah. need an association, whatever it's called. Um, AT, actually, the ATO concessions one is interesting. Not so much for the growler. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on ABC Radio in Brisbane this week because there was an interesting story that the Brewers Association, which is Coles Line and CUB, has been pushing. Um, they had mm-hmm. the ATO data from July to September last year that their spin on it was 40 million fewer pints of beer were sold over pubs. You know, these poor pubs who are struggling because $40 million, 40 million litres. Now, my understanding, having spoken to the ATO, is that that data could only have come from the keg sales for that quarter because, you know, the excisable amount that was paid on kegs, which, of course, the Brewers Association wants to say that that was all beer that would have gone over pub things when it's also cafes and restaurants. Mm-hmm. So they're saying these poor publicans who are struggling because 40 million litres less, mm-hmm. but... In Queensland, particularly, and certainly uh, you know, in in a lot of places, um, uh, you know, across the country, it is the bottle shops that are owned by Coles and Woolworths and the big publicans. The money that wasn't being spent across the bar was still being spent on beer, um, but through bottle shops. We had a switch because you couldn't get to the pub, so you still drank at home. So the amount of alcohol consumed didn't go down hugely. Now, that's big in Queensland because we've had publicans going, oh, you know, poor us. We've got mm-hmm. the arse out of our pants because 40 million, you know, we, we sold fewer pints across the bar. In Queensland, you've got a monopoly. So if there was a shift from tap beer to package beer, it was those same publicans that reaped the benefit of that. Yeah, because they're um, playing both sides of the they're field. They're playing then. both sides of the yeah. field. And then, you know, when the, the bars are open, they've also got pokies. And these were the same businesses that over the last 12 months we've seen endless reporting on the boom in pub sales. That, and you've got industry analysts saying pubs are a great safe haven in a, in, in a uh, crisis like now because they've got bottle shops, they've got pokies, mm-hmm. you know. And they're people, protected from all and angles. And they're protected by government regulation because they're so heavily regulated. They're protected from competition yep. because you can't just go and open a competing pub. 
Their organisations, their lobbying organisations, are large, influential, and have deep pockets. Yep. And particularly, so that helps. yeah. <laughs> and particularly in Queensland, that's an issue because it was a Queensland radio, it was a Queensland publican who was going, "Oh, you know, poor us. Excise is going to go up again on the first of February, twice a year. You know, and that means that it's going to be more expensive for the." <laughs> the way that that story has been spun, excise is excise. You know, yes, consumers pay more for beer. Um, you can't deny that. At the same time, the fact that Australia has the highest excise in the world, which is one of the famous favourite lines for the Brewers Association, doesn't seem to have hurt beer. alcohol consumption in Australia. We're still one of the highest consumers of alcohol in the world as well. So I don't think you can and say... And people like Fair and everyone have been telling us how much we've been drinking during how lockdown. Much, yeah, yeah. We've been so excessively drinking during lockdown, apparently. That number that we are the highest taxed drinkers in the world doesn't seem to have translated to we're drinking less because of it. Yeah. Um, but then also, you know, there was a whole thing about, well, it's a syntax. There are a whole lot of social costs that have to be borne by the sale of alcohol because of car accidents, things like that, and that needs to be funded. So, But that, that's a whole separate discussion. Mm-hmm. But you've got the Brewers Association and in Queensland the hotels going, poor bloody us, at a time when hotel prices are worth more because they are so lucrative. Mm-hmm. And you also had the Queensland Hotels Association campaigning against cafes and restaurants, as we covered on the thing last year, who actually were hurt mm-hmm. by being closed. And they don't want little four-packs being sold because it'll compete against their other businesses. So anyway, so the ATO is helping out everyone by making growlers available to everyone mm-hmm. at the lower cost. Um, but at, this is going in this um, big other spin campaign about the, the, the poor bloody hotels, despite the fact that they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> What's up, Sabrina? You, I, I've you just look been, pensive. Well, I have been pensive. I've been like working because I, you know, yes, the top line might be true, Matt, but you know they probably have lost the money over the bar, and the P and L might be different for um, you know the way that they manage their money. They might be separate business entities. I'm the not making light so, of the. I'm not making light of the damage that. So I can see how it all goes, and the yeah. actual people in the business. So I agree with. Like I was sort of okay. tracking the money through my mind. I was going, who could be genuinely impacted? And I, w- I was going through it all because we talk about these big scary th- numbers and we talk about these big bad Brewers Association and these lobbying groups, but there's humans in them. Just working that all out. So this is what was happening in my mind as you guys were speaking. And then I kind of got to, but I do think there is a piece, you know, and then I got to, okay, well, it sounds like hotels slash pub licenses are the same as taxi licenses. Yep. And Uber came along and fundamentally upended that market. Yep. And last week we talked about, um, you know, the buy now, pay later, um, unregulated, upending mm. the, you know, other credit mm-hmm. market. Maybe also You're in the same way. You're never going to have anyone setting up a something selling alcohol unregulated. It's, yeah. it, it, it's there's actually laws against it that are enforced. You know, sly grogging, it's called. Yeah, um, but no, just, but I was thinking more like. Um, like a different model. I did uh, look. I have all sorts of thoughts about the way that technology could impact the way that beer and craft beer and the way that we um, express our community in totally different ways that might fundamentally upend sort of the hotel pub model. I'm not saying that's an immediate, but I do just think, as I was thinking about it, I was thinking now more than ever, 
Um, this is precisely the sort of linking it back to the IBA one that we didn't really talk about. That's some of the unseen work that goes into associations mm. is the length of discussions that mm-hmm. go on mm. to try and get little wins. Yep. Um, and, you know, the excise discussion, you know, they sort of said took 10 years. There are many other places that those sorts of discussions are occurring and it just sort of really highlights how much work goes on in the background to try and um, – protect and get support for the industry because I was thinking you know Australia might be one of the highest excise rates but I can tell you compared to New Zealand the amount of governmental support that goes directly into the brewing industry is so high I mean in the New Zealand industry they we get no direct support whatsoever I mean there is such limited money flowing into the beer industry because it's just not taken seriously and so and there's no money um you know, so I was kind of pulling on all of those threads to go, it sounds really bad, um, but actually now, you know, these are the long-term conversations that if you want your small brewing business to survive in, over the next 10, 20 years, you've actually got to get into the detail on these conversations mm. because they're really complex. There's a lot to pull at um, and there's a lot of unpaid you know, work that goes into just trying to maintain the status quo. So that's all of the thoughts that I was having as you were speaking. That is really interesting as well because having looked at sort of the back end of all the documents that end up being legislation, that end up being amendment bills and things, you see the IBA, you see the Brewers Association, you see the QHA, they pop up so much. And that shows you how much somebody like the IBA, exactly what you're saying, how much the IBA does. They go to all these meetings, they answer all these questions, they go to all these working groups. And some, I just can't believe how many meetings they just went to for that one issue in Queensland. One issue. I mean, (laughs) one issue, right? It was insane. It was absolutely insane. And then it results in nothing, right? And everybody... (laughs) And and I'm not joking because Because I'm the person who used to do this. You you go to all of these things, you put in time and effort and it results in nothing. And as a result, your constituency goes, well, we got nothing. Therefore, we shouldn't try. Tell me, what have you done for me lately? And it's really, really (laughs) difficult. So, you know, I just... You know, the complexity of that conversation and the way that um, you guys were laying it out and talking about the nuances just really sort of hit home how hard it is to be a successful small business, a small brewing business in this environment and all of the threads that you need to keep on top of mm. uh, if you really want to make it work. And look, just to, to throw my two cents worth in at the end there about when the QHA was lobbying against the ability for um, – cafes and restaurants to sell a four-pack, you know, so you could buy a pizza and a four-pack at the same time, which would have been great for small craft breweries. I contacted Queensland Craft Breweries to try and get them interested in the topic. Just got no response. Just They just didn't share my anger and upset over it. And these are the guys who actually, the, the, the businesses that actually sell beer because they either don't have time, they don't appreciate the complexity, they don't see what the long-term repercussions are for them. Um, this is why you need an association. So anyway, yep. this is an ad, an unpaid ad for the Independent Brewers Association <laughs> or your local... Because get, or get the involved, Brewers Association. Get involved, give them the resources so they can do the work for the things that you don't have the time to care about. <laughs> um, but matter. Um, on that, now, this is a beer podcast. And you know one it thing is. that we haven't talked about? Oh, what? Beer. beer. <laughs> Actual beer. Because... The liquid like the liquid itself. Yeah, this yeah. is a paid ad, but it's not a paid ad for a beer. This is a paid ad for Bluestone Yeast. <laughs> 
Um, now, Bluestone Yeast, uh, we, we, we made a joke about beers of the week, and uh, our friends at Bluestone Yeast have said, look, we'd love to sponsor a, you know, an occasional beer of the week. And so uh, beer of the week is brought to you by Bluestone Yeast, Australia's first and only liquid yeast manufacturer. Bluestone Yeast have over 100 yeast strains in their biobank and are always adding more. You can reach out to them at info at bluestoneyeast.com.au or call Derek on 03 8518 3172 and talk about all things yeast. So now my beer of the week, this is going to sound, everyone knows our approach to advertising that it's seamless and that we don't, <laughs> this is going to sound like bullshit, but I, on Saturday when we were recording in the mm-hmm. office, we didn't go to a pub when we recorded the Hottest 100, so I went to the pub and, you know, Sabrina being misorganised, so I said, look, make sure you get the top 10 so we can drink the top 10 as they're being <laughs> And us too being much not organised. <laughs> and also knowing that it's a long, long um, session. I they went said, up, we don't have the results, so I couldn't possibly achieve well, that. Well, I didn't have Let's the results, clear. so I couldn't, you, no, I couldn't do that don't either. Make Let's um, be clear. <laughs> yeah. But I did go to, the, to my local um, independent um, beer uh, retailer and bought some independent beers and the one that stood out to me that I had had on tap mm-hmm. um, was Easy Times Table Saison a little Brisbane so this is a little bit Brisbane centric we're not going to just keep the recommendations to. and so I got this because it's a Saison Table Saison 3.2 if we were going to be on for hours you know you need to be responsible you don't want to get too loose when you're doing the you know the industry's leading beer podcast <laughs> live on air. Things could go downhill very, very quickly. So, but then we didn't even get a chance to drink it because we were so busy um, doing. So I did have a couple of uh, 3.5s from um, uh, Heads of Noosa. Mm-hmm. But I got home, cracked one of these. Um, so it's the Easy Times Table Saison. Now, the reason you're going to think that this is a big con job is because when I went to read out a little bit for our listeners, Table Saison – Fermented with Bluestone's Wallonia strain. This yeast driven style is light, tart, and refreshing. So, even though it is an ad for Bluestone, that was unplanned. Yeah. Because the yeast profile in this saison. Now, I gave you some this morning, which is why I've got the can ahead of me. This afternoon. This morning. Because oh. I don't drink in the morning. Oh, so oh definitely gosh, a bit. post this afternoon. <laughs> okay, sorry. By the time well, you, you by, by the time back. you hear this, it'll be uh, a reasonable time for it. But you've only had a little sip of no, a 3.8. No, I have had that same it, of it, yeah. But isn't that a lovely beer? It's really lovely. And, you know, so it's funny because I can't comment. I have no sensory skills whatsoever. So I'm. Do you know what you like? I do know what there I you like. There go. Do. Um, do I know it? Matt, have you listened to me for the last few weeks? <laughs> Sabrina knows. Um, but what I was thinking about, actually, which is I, what I really like about it, is we've been talking for, you know, there was the hot revolution in craft beer and some people that I know, myself included, have been kind of really pushing for we think malt should make a comeback as yes. sort of a hero in beers. I'm so And what's bored. really nice to see is that, Yeast is the hero in this beer. Like sometimes that is the um, ingredient that gets forgotten in terms of the work that it does to make the beers that we love. And in this one, it's um, it's a really lovely um, – the side of the can reads, easy does it, and mm. it is an easy drinker, this beer. It's really lovely. It's light. It's refreshing. Great with food as well. So oh, nice really beer with cheese because it. it's got that yeasty profile. Oh, not the, I really yeah. enjoy it. Um, and so, you know, super impressed, small God, brewery. To, again, this, this is like half the show is going to be taken up with these organic ads that we're doing, so we're not charging <laughs> enough for this. But anyway. Um, <laughs> love it. Love yeah. it. Local small brewery in it, Brisbane, yep, which yep, is nice small. as well. And I'm sure there are some retailers – online that you could probably buy it through. So Easy Times Brewing Company, Table Saison, uh, a lovely little uh, Saison, 3.8%. Um, 3.2%, sorry. Um, 3.2%. That's my cup of tea, and, that. Um, I can see on the side of the can, 
Certified indie. Certified Ooh. indie. There you go. Oh, has it got the indie one? So that's our advertising. I think that's our advertising done. Of course, our if yeah. you anyone. Well, that we're not advertising the beer. No, we're not advertising the beer. That was just the beer that really stood out for yeah, me. Yeah. They're not always going to be Queensland beers, even though I do try and drink local um, and independent. Not because that's what I do. Because you can. So the mailbag, New Zealand Ale Trail. Um, if you want to, once we can travel again, you should start planning now your trip to New Zealand by going to the New Zealand com or at New Zealand Ale Trail on social media to find the best beer experiences in New Zealand. Uh, quick one, um, Anna Battersby. Um, I've just been listening to the Radio Bridge discussion on the lawsuit against Better Beer and decided to Google them. These are the results. So Anna Googled Better Beer and the Brick, oh, Brick yeah. Lane Sidewinder Hazy came up, then the Better Beer Zero Carb Lager, then the Brick Lane, and then, then Newcastle, Newcastle Brown, Brown. <laughs> Brown Ale. New- I don't know. Enough about ad, how ads work. You can buy, to. you know. So but can you? Bu- is it like how you buy a keyword? Like you say, yeah, if so you're googling this, we could, for example, if I'm we sure wanted be news. If we we could sort of have you know buy you know, if, if if anyone advertise you know, was googling the crafty pint, we could buy crafty pint as our thing. Watch if we out, wanted James. to do that. We don't need to. We don't need to. Everyone knows where to come when they want the news. <laughs> so across the top, it says shop better beer, and I think the point is that it's just. Google um, processes yep. have mm-hmm. processed the image that mm. they've probably, um, or you can't. No, I, well, that's people I mean, who people who do this stuff will email us yeah, and tell us. So yeah, yeah. We'll people that work in marketing, Google Ads, do let us know how that works. Anyway, I was I'm very very conscious that since you've joined, we're talking for much longer. <laughs> Claire, okay. and I, Claire and I used to be snappy. <laughs> I think the news is snappy. I think the discussion yeah, the is less snappy. <laughs> The bit where I don't speak is fast. (laughs) If we have read out any of your comments uh, or emails, uh, please get in contact. Send us your postal address and we'll send you a bar blade. Thanks to our good friends at Thirsty Merch. Um, You can buy Bruise News t-shirts. It was really – did you see the shirts that people shared? Oh, Um, that was lovely. You know, the the Venn diagram of quality beer and where we like hype. It was Kavik Yeast. Excellent. so uh, you, can, you can get your shirts uh, on, on the website and we thank uh, Thirsty Merchants. We thank you for listening. We thank a, a huge um, listener base on Saturday, considering that we only published that we were doing it really the, the day, day before. before. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll get on that next year. The number of breweries that were sharing, saying, oh, Bruce News will be doing it. <laughs> we mm-hmm. kind of said, well, should we do it in a pandemic or not? Well, people... We did it, and uh, yeah, so huge. Thank you to everyone for listening, and who listened after they'd already listened to it live. Oh, that was true dedication. No, that's masochism right there. (laughs) You people need your heads read. (laughs) (laughs) Thank, thank you. We, we, we. It's incredibly, uh, you know, um, reassuring and validating to us that. what we do here is appreciated by you out there, and thank you for that. Sabrina, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being back, and uh, thank you for being regular. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Claire. Claire, thank you for everything that you do to make me look good. <laughs> no day problem. in, day Anytime. out, and, and the site. And uh, thank you all. And uh, we'll be back next week. Now, uh, I don't know how um guest will be next Tuesday, but go and have a listen to that great chat with uh, Ben Krause. Um, Sabrina enjoyed it so much she uh, bought the company um, she, she's got a mouthful of chocolate um, I do have my mouthful <laughs> of chocolate <laughs> yes so great chat with Ben Krause really really uh, love speaking to Ben uh, no matter how many times I do it and so uh, if you haven't already go and listen to that and uh, we'll be back next week for more conversations about beer and more discussion about beer news thank you for joining us and uh, that's us for the week boom She's got a mouthful of chocolate. I don't even know of her. There's a name for a beer, chocolate boom. Chocolate boom!
Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation. Beer is a conversation.